630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad. Opted back to Nugent Hopkins. McDavid had it elude. And now a turnover by Jones. Rear shot score. Alex Chason buries it. His first goal in 11 games. Puts away his former team. 2-1 Edmonton in overtime. One of 11 goals on the season scored by Edmonton Oilers forward Alex Chason to go along with 13 assists in 65 games. Chason on March 3rd scoring on a power play in overtime. Miko Kostin was great in that game as the Oilers beat the Dallas Stars 2-1. We will now catch up with Alex Chason from your Edmonton Oilers. Alex, welcome back to Inside Sports. How are you doing? Hey, Reed, I'm, I'm doing all right considering everything that's going on. How's it going for you? Yeah, I'm doing okay. We're plugging away. I'm still happy to be bringing people to show every night. So thanks a lot for coming on. Let people know where you are right now and uh, how you've been trying to keep busy through this pause in the season. Uh, I decided to stay in Edmonton. I kept my house here. Um, staying busy. I, I built a little gym in my place. So I've been able to keep up with uh, some of the workouts and taking care of some of the little injuries I had uh, towards the end of the season. Uh, other than that, there's been uh, a lot of cooking, some puzzles, uh, some board games, um, things that uh, we haven't done in, in the past uh, two, three, four years. And um, I guess the, the first couple of weeks were all right, but now it's, it's getting to that point where, you know, it's a little bit longer, but, you got to follow the rules and you got to stay um, healthy. And um, that's where we're at. So what was more of a workout building the gym or using the gym equipment once it's put together? <laughs> yeah. Building was, was, uh, was actually uh, quite a bit of work. Uh, I haven't really done much work with my hands uh, in the past uh, 10 years or so. So, uh, definitely worked on my patience and uh, things like that. So uh, I'm glad I got that right away. And uh, just, I know, I, at least for myself, I know I speak for a lot of people just working out and it just makes you feel better. So um, I think it, it's a key part of that. And luckily here in Edmonton, actually, we've been um, getting some nice weather. So uh, just being outside, getting some vitamin D, things like that. I think it's it's helped to get through the days. All right. You mentioned you've been doing a little more cooking than you usually would. Do you have a specialty in the kitchen? Uh, lately, it's been uh, fish tacos. I uh, picked up a recipe on, on the internet, and um, those are going on two or three times a week. So, um, you know, it's different for everyone. I think for us, you know, we're luckily, you know, being part of, of the orders in the organization, you know, we have uh, breakfast and some lunch available at the rink. And um, usually you're only making, you know, one or two meals a day at home, or you can go and, and pick up some lunch or things like that. And obviously with um, us staying home, there's been, you know, three meals a day, uh, some snacks. So it's a lot more time in the kitchen. And, uh, but, no, it comes with that. I think I've, I've handled it pretty well at trying to prepare ahead and things like that. So we're not spending you know, two, three hours in the kitchen every day. It gives us time to do something else. So 
Uh, but fish tacos have definitely been uh, my go-to lately. All right. Sounds fun. Alex Chason joining us on Inside Sports. So in terms of the conditioning, I mean, I, I guess we're kind of in off-season mode. I'm assuming the challenge is, though, you don't know exactly when you're going to come back. I mean, you're not building to be right there on September 15th or whatever the first day of camp is. How are you dealing that with that uncertainty with the, the cycle of what your body usually goes through? Yeah, I think that's been the, the, the hardest part is uh, I've kept in, in touch really well with our strength coach, uh, Chad. And, um, no, I think for us as, as athletes, we've, at least for me, I've, I'm a big routine guy, so I've, I kind of have a plan every summer of, okay, these are the things I need to take care of for, first, and then this is my plan for the rest of the summer. So um, it's hard not knowing right now. The unknown is, is is probably the hardest part because, you know, you're trying to stay healthy and push yourself, but, you know, you don't know the day, the time that we're all going to get back at it. And you don't want to be behind, but you also don't want to, do too much so it's a fine line in, in finding what's what's the right amount what's not um and I think that the big part too is being off the ice um I have one of those airdyne bike uh you know you know I ride probably four or five times a week but it's, it's hard to replicate the, the skating so uh, I know it for me in my career it's definitely been the longest I've been off the ice so um that's the hard part too. It's you can work out, you can train as much as, as much as you want, as hard as you can. But if, if you're not skating and the feeling on this, on your skates and uh, shooting and all these things, stick handling, filling the pockets, it's, it's hard to replicate that. So um, they're all adjustment period, but every player in the league and all the guys that are playing hockey or even other sports are probably finding uh, that's probably the hardest hard to train for what do you think of these proposals that maybe there'd be a group of teams all gather in one city Edmonton's been listed as a possibility Vancouver and maybe there are six to eight teams together in a pod and they either finish the regular season together or do a couple of rounds of the of the playoffs together it would involve possibly being in quarantine for a long time and, and away from friends and family you know you know again to to finish the season. What do you, what do you think of that proposal that's been floated around? Yeah, I think for me, there's, there's two things. Um, I think that the first part is, is the format. If the format is quality, uh, it gives times for players to, to get back and, um, you know, give us time that, to prepare the right way. Um, and also the integrity of the playoff. You know, if, if that is, done the right way then um I think that's a key part for me I think the other part is the safety of the players and the staff that's around the the, the players as well so um you know we're we're athletes and I've said this before the NHL is a privilege and I get all that but we're also human beings so if if we're put in a position where the safeties are correct um you know the the guidelines that are being made are are the right ones and then I'm all for it. But I think those are two things that are key for me and I'm assuming are also key for players. Have you thought about what it might be like to play an NHL game with no fans in the stands or perhaps limited fans in the stands? Because it sounds like whenever we do get back, 
they'd probably have to limit or restrict attendance to the games. Yeah, I, I think for me, Reid, I'm, I'm more – I miss the guys. I miss the game. Um, I miss competing. So, will be different, obviously. Uh, be a lot different, uh, obviously, at this part of the year. Uh, Mid-May, usually, on the regular season, you're probably in, in, in the second round or going into the third round, and you're kind of feeling the buzz around the cities and playing, you know, away at home. They're all different things, so – that's all going to be different, but you know, we're all these, you know, this, there's circumstances right now that all of us, um, and, and the entire planet we've never faced before. So, um, it is what it is. If we get back and like I said, the integrity of the game and the way the format is and the safety of the players is there, then I'm all in for playing. So you're not this. You're not if it's 16 teams, 24 in the playoffs, whatever. As long as it's kind of balanced and kind of fair, you're not too worried about the exact number of teams that would be allowed to participate in the postseason. Yeah, I mean, I, I think for me, obviously, us here in in Edmonton, we've we've done well this year. But you know, we're if the season ended, we we would be in the playoff spot. But you know, there was probably seven to 11 games left for for some teams and their team is right on the bubble so you got to think of that too um you know perfect example was st louis last year they, they i'm if i'm correct i think they finished you know eighth or seventh in the in the conference it was they were one in the last wild card spots and um they came in they won the cup so uh all those teams that are right on the cusp there they they have a chance to win as well. So uh, I think there's way more parity in the league now than it may have been 10, 15 years ago. So um, you got to also think about those teams. So um, it's hard to be hard for me to cut the, 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 the teams at 16 and, you know, you put your yourself in another team's shoe that's a point or two away and that's two, three games, then uh, I'm not sure if that's fair. Alex Chason joining us on Inside Sports. I, I guess we'll kind of look back on, on the season a little bit, even though it's, it's not uh, obviously officially over and the NHL is trying to, to finish it. You guys were 2017 and four in the first half of the year. So, you know, an, an okay record. You'd had some ups and downs. But then since December 31st, you guys had gone 17, eight and five. Really good record. You know, you've been able to put some space between you and some other teams in that playoff chase. I, I know, Alex, it often doesn't come down to just saying, oh, well, that's the date where things changed because there's a lot going on throughout the season. But that is kind of a demarcation point. So what what did happen from New Year's Eve onward? Is there one or two things you could put your finger on that led to the team having such a good record? Yeah, I think um, I mean, we had that road trip at the start of January, if I'm not mistaken. We played Buffalo, Boston, Toronto, Montreal. Um, Calgary and well we all played some really good teams there and I think for us as a group we've we've learned to play in tight games um, and that it takes time you can't just show up one year and decide that your team knows how to play when you're down a goal or up one and going into the third and um, I thought we made adjustment uh, going into January and um Obviously, our specialty teams were great. Um, we've gotten some great goaltending. We found more depth throughout our lineup. So 
I, I think there's a lot of new faces too at the start of the year. There's a new coaching staff. Uh, takes time to get everyone gelled together. And uh, it seemed that starting in that December 31st game and going on till the season was paused, we've, we've kind of all accepted our role and kind of ran with it. And um, everyone was in it. And um, we have a special group. So, and that was one thing for me last year. I saw things here that um, reminded me of a successful team that I've played on before. And, you know, I thought with adjustment of a guy or, or two and um, some different looks, it's, it's given us a, a new uh, uh, type of team. So uh, we've added guys that with experience, guys that are a big part of the locker room, and uh, they've made a big impact on um, the quality of our team. And finally, Alex, in terms of, of your season, I mean, you, you and I have, have done a lot of interviews over the last couple of years since you came to Edmonton, and I know you're always very thoughtful about your game and always thinking about the the ups and downs of the seasons and, and, and what you need to work on. I mean, you scored some big goals this year. You had the overtime winner in Dallas. Were you, I don't want to use the word satisfied because you want to be more than satisfied, but were you, were you, were you happy overall with uh, what you've been able to do so far this season? Yeah, I mean, you know, being honest, I, I think the first uh, October and November probably um, weren't my best hockey. I, I, I think uh, I've gone away from the things that had made me successful, and uh, I've lost a little bit of that in my game. So going into December, I thought it was kind of like, okay, like this is time to take some games and like rebuild my game and um, – Towards the second half of the season, I, I think I've, I've provided more depth to our team, uh, better leadership. Um, obviously, my play was better. So uh, I think, you know, I, I, I never really look at a season and look at my points and stuff, but I think I'm sitting at 11 goals and 24 points, something like that. If, if I had a better start and um, I think I'd be sitting around the 15 goals, uh, you know, probably around 30 points. Um, so those are kind of like what I'm shooting for in, in the league. It's, it's a tough league to score, but if you get in between the 15 to 20 goals, um, you've been a good player for a team. So uh, I like my second half. I think uh, there was a lot to like. I was feeling pretty good going towards the last eight, 10 games of the season. And um, that was a little bit unfortunate, I guess, going into the playoff is, you want your game to be, you know, where it was at for me. So um, nothing I haven't done with before. Uh, I've changed teams. I've seen different coaches now where obviously COVID-19 is, is a lot bigger than hockey. But um, I think mentally it's, it's – I've felt pretty good overall. And um, But I'm hitching to get back and competing. I think that's the biggest part I miss about the game. Yeah, well, yeah, for sure. I mean, it'd be it'd be awesome to to finish this season and see what you guys could do in the postseason for sure. Alex, it's always a pleasure to talk to you, and thanks uh, for checking in with Oilers fans tonight on six thirty. Chad, glad you're doing well. Enjoy the workouts and enjoy your work in the kitchen too, buddy. Take care. All right, thanks, Reed, and I hope everyone here in Edmonton stay safe and keep following the guidelines. That is Alex Chason from your Edmonton Oilers on Inside Sports tonight. And he's been working on those fish tacos in the kitchen as well. Uh, always good to talk to Alex. Cowtown Bob texting in. He says, Reed, I always enjoy listening to Alex. His answers to the questions are very thoughtful. He certainly brings more color and insight 
on uh, from a hockey player than most of them. Yeah, Cowtown Bob, he's, he's a good interview, and he's very honest about his own game and knows his role in the National Hockey League, that is for sure. Uh, this texture says, with all this time off, have any of the Oilers that were hurt would they be able to play if they resume the season now? Well, the Oilers had two injured players when the season went on pause. Joachim Nygaard, who was getting close to returning, and Mike Green, who was hurt in his first game with the Oilers, and he was going to be out about a month. So both of their injuries would now be healed. You can text 780-496-0063 back after the break. All right, so what is the NHL planning? What are they looking to do here for a potential restart? Here's Calgary Flames general manager Brad Trey Living. I do suspect that, you know, we're, we're going to hear some news um, next week. And, uh, you know, probably the two, obviously the two big issues right now relative to when we potentially, a plan of what a, a restart would look like, um, and then draft. Um, you know, I think all, all the stuff with regards to when um, we'll continue to be up in the air until such time as the, the, the authorities, uh, the medical authorities give the go ahead. But I think we, I, I do sense, and it, it, there's not state secrets here, but I do sense some momentum that next week that maybe there could be um, at least a, uh, a, a preliminary plan put in place for, for where we go. All right, so there you have it from Trey Living. He thinks the NHL will put out a preliminary plan next week about a potential restart. And uh, as he emphasized, and Gary Bedman has emphasized, and everybody with the league, it would need the approval of the health officials. Nathan Dempsey, when we get back. Classic track, Kellen. Good one. Inside Sports on 630 Chet. James writing in. He says, I bet you can't wait to sit down at Northern Chicken and enjoy their great cuisine. Well, they do have great cuisine, though. I do believe Northern Chicken said for the time being there, I think they're just going to keep doing the uh, uh, the takeout and delivery. But obviously, some places are starting to, uh, restaurants are starting to reopen with limited capacity. Chris writes in. He says, I have confidence that the NHL relaunch could happen in Vancouver, or sorry, in Canada, Vancouver, Edmonton, Winnipeg, and Toronto, or maybe an American city, but the way it's going in the States, I can see Canada being the only host, just my opinion. That comes in from Chris tonight. Major League Soccer has floated the idea of playing their entire season in Orlando, which is interesting. Um, The CFL, I'm seeing more chatter about that maybe they would pick a couple of host cities and try to get a season in that way. This is going to be an unprecedented year or two in sports in terms of how they play out games, how they determine champions. And I saw a a really interesting story today. Uh, You guys have uh, maybe seen this as well. Tampa Bay Rays pitcher Blake Snell says he's not going to pitch if his his pay is cut. He says if we got to do a prorated salary – because it's half a season, he says he would not accept that, which is uh, pretty interesting as we bring Nathan Dempsey onto the show, former NHLer from the Edmonton area, and of course now the campus director over at uh, over at Vimy Ridge. I, I don't I don't know Nathan like like this this pitcher for the Rays makes like over five million a season. I'd be happy to accept half that salary. 
I feel like sucker punching that guy right now. Like, are you kidding me? There's so many people out there that are taking pay cuts and off work, and this guy comes out and says that. I just think it's ridiculous. I was a little surprised to see that. And, I mean, I listened to some of his clips, and he kind of does have uh, some health concerns as well. But I would think that he would be able to frame that without bringing money into it, right? I mean, it doesn't matter if you're a millionaire or you're broke. You're, you can possibly get sick. But to say that half the salary would, wouldn't be acceptable, uh, I don't know if he's going to – PR-wise, maybe not his best move. No, no, absolutely not. I mean, you're talking about a team sport. You're talking about, you know, these guys are supposed to buy into a team and, and do kind of whatever it takes for the team. And uh, the way that that's kind of read to me, it sounds pretty selfish to me. Yeah, we'll see where that goes. And, you know, ba- baseball, it sounds like they're trying pretty hard to do a half season. And, uh, I mean, I, I think if for if someone, look, I, I work in the world of sports and, you know, cover the Oilers is a big part of my job. But I, but I also feel if things change, Nathan, things change. I mean, the NHL used to have six teams and play a 50-game season. So yeah. we don't we don't look back on those Stanley Cups and say, ah, you know, the Canadians weren't actually that good. That was the circumstances. So if we got to have different circumstances, I say, so what? We have different circumstances. It's going to be equal for every team, right, regardless of how they get back to it. Well, you mentioned it before, Reed. This is something that none of us have ever seen in our life, and and it's totally unprecedented. And so I think there has to be some give and take on both sides. And I think the give of the, the, the players to kind of take what they can and, and try to, you know, get sport back, something that we're all missing, something that they miss as well. Um, whatever you got to do to kind of to kind of salvage a little bit of the season would be great. If that means taking a pay cut, so be it, in my opinion. The, the one thing I do want to ask you and, you know, Rob Brown's expressed concern about this. We've seen Devin Dubnik speak up, uh, Philippe Deneau from the Canadians as well, that if there was sort of some sort of centralized hub concept in the NHL and players had to be away from their families for 8, 10, 12 weeks at a time, it seems like that's still a little bit of a dicey issue uh, in the NHL. I'll, put, I'll ask you to put on your ex-players hat there. Was, is that something that would have been an obstacle for you as a player or you can understand if they voice concerns about that? Um, you know, listen, like during the lockout, I went over to seas and played. I went away from my family for, it was about two and a half months. I was away from my family to play, get some ice time in and try to salvage what was a big part of my career. And so I think if it comes down to this point, like this is, like you said, it's unprecedented. It's not something that we're going to have to do all the time. I think you have to make a sacrifice. It means leaving your family for a couple months to go play and, and to get your, you know, part of what you're you know you don't have very much time to play and if it means salvaging some of that career i mean you do you gotta do champ that's my opinion that was the berlin polar bears was it not coached by Pierre page correct yeah it was we won the the, the deutsche league championship that year we had Oli kolzig eric cole we had some uh, pretty good angel guys come over and play and it was a lot of fun and again um, my family stayed here and i went over and you know you do what you can uh, the, the the one thing I remember about Page is when he got mad, it seemed like his eyes were going to explode out of his head. What was, what was he like as a coach? I'll be honest. I'll be honest. When we had all us, we had all us that NHL guys go over there, we pretty much coached ourselves. Pierre was back there, and then don't get me wrong, he was a great man, and but he was pissed off a lot because we kind of went on our own page. Uh, but 
we only lost two games in the playoffs and things worked out well. So I think at the end of the day, he, he kind of knew that we, we had the best intentions of the team and he kind of let the horses run. Nathan Dempsey joining us tonight on Inside Sports. Uh, you know, we had Alex Chase on, on in the first half hour of the show, always really well-spoken, has really, always is very thoughtful about his role in the NHL and, and trying to be successful. And that's, um, you know, I mean, hey, you weren't a star. Most guys aren't stars. And so you probably went through that and saw other guys go through that. You got to find a way to contribute, right? You got to find a way to make yourself relevant and support the McDavid's, Nugent Hopkins, and Dry Settles of the world. Well, I'll tell you what, those guys are just key parts of any organization. Guys that can play up and down your lineup, they don't complain, they're very low maintenance. Um, they show up to work each and every day. They put their time in. And again, real team guys. It's about putting the team ahead of yourself and you do whatever you can. And I'll tell you what, that could make out, you know, a lot longer career than some people that might think, you know, this is the type of player I am. I'm going to do it or I'm not going to, or they're not going to like it. And so I think he's made himself a real nice niche. Yeah, absolutely. He has under contract through next season uh, as well. You know, he, he can score in bunches, but but nothing wrong with that as, as long as you're scoring for sure. Nathan, you're the campus director at Vimy Ridge Academy. Of course, you know, we've all, we've all been affected and uh, Vimy Ridge, no different. Did, tell us what, what's, uh, and obviously is that, you know, athletics a huge part of what you guys do there. How have you guys specifically been affected? Are you able to do the same sort of stuff through the online or the distance schooling? How's it been? Well, you know, obviously we uh, we have a, we stay on the ice till the middle of June usually. So obviously that's been taken away. But our staff has been doing a really good job, good job providing some online uh, workouts each and every week. We do so we do we post some skill video stuff that they can work on at home. Uh, we uh, we've been doing some Google Meets with all our hockey students. We go over some video. We kind of we show some uh, some pro and some junior video. We have different uh, focuses we focus on each week, and we kind of just do some video. You know, trying to teach as much as we can uh, with whatever uh, resources we have to to use. Uh, but it's tough, you know. We want to be in front of the kids. We miss the students, we miss their faces, we miss the interactions with them, and it's been tough. Um, we're, uh, we're, we're definitely missing it, and sports is such a big part of our life as it, as it is a part of the kids' life, and they're really missing it as well. How many students do you have there? Uh, in, total, in the school, there's over 1,000, but in our hockey program, there's over, just over 200 in our hockey program. Okay, but, but you offer a variety of sports there too, right? Correct, yeah. So it's a sports alternative school. So if you're in our school, you're in some sort of sports alternative program. We have, you know, lacrosse, baseball, hockey, BJJ, which is Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. Oh, we have wow. Ringette. Yeah, we have ringette. We have uh, soccer, dance. We have all kinds of uh, selection of sports for everybody. And uh, we believe that an important part of uh, academics, being able to uh, have some... Uh, athletics to go along with the academics it shows a lot of their character it's a big thing we kind of teach is that commitment to character and, and being a good person and your attitude and uh it seems as though that really helps with their academics as well yeah that's good stuff for sure so uh and look david you, you know i sometimes get ahead of myself with my questions and my story angles so you can laugh at me if you want but <laughs> you know for for next year do you, do you kind of already got a plan and have several 
contingencies and I assume students are, you know, applying or registering for next year. What's going on there? Yeah, absolutely. We're still taking registrations. We're obviously not able to do the same registration process that we have in the past. Usually we have a shadow day program, which is a huge part. You know, it allows new students to come in and try the school for a day, kind of get to know how it all works, and then they can make their decision. But since that's not available, we're, we're still open for registrations. We're hoping by September we're able to do some programming, whether that be on the ACE or off the ACE, in smaller groups or whatever. But we're, uh, we're putting a whole bunch of contingency plans in place and, and going to be able to provide some, some sort of academic and, and athletic uh, programming for our students. It, pro- probably a bit of a dumb question for a lot of people, but but I'm not a parent. It, it, is to go to Vimy Ridge? Do you take kids from all over? Do you have to be in Albertan? How does the the work there? Yeah, so you have to be in Albertan. Um, if you're coming from out of province, um, there is some some cases where we have students that will bill it. But most of our students are from the Edmonton area. Um, we don't have a catchment, so we can take them from wherever. Um, we have students um, from. You know, St. Albert, Shore Park, Fort Saskatchewan, tons from Edmonton, obviously. And uh, they come from all over. They just enjoy their sport of choice, as well as getting a, a what we believe is a top-notch academic situation. How many academies are there now in, uh, in the province? Because they keep growing every year, don't they? Yeah, there's lots. Uh, we're the only public school academy in Edmonton. Okay. Um, there's, there's a couple of Catholic school academies as well. And I know there's some down south, and there's some in there's one, maybe one in Red Deer, I believe. But yeah, they're 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 getting more and more popular, and I mean it's a great situation for a lot of for a lot of students to be able to be active a lot during the day. We know that that translates into good grades and and uh, and good behaviors. To be able to get some activity in during the day, and as well as get their academics. So we think it's a good situation. Of course, vimyridge.epsb.ca to, to check out more. Well, thanks for that update, and uh, thanks for your thoughts on the NHL season and Alex Chason's contribution to the team as well, Nathan. It's always a pleasure to have you on the show. We'll definitely uh, keep in touch and bring you on again. And I still say, uh, and at some point we'll ask you to tell it again, not today because I know you've done it a couple times, you still have one of my favorite draft stories uh, of all time, <laughs> finding out you were drafted while bagging groceries. Was it at Save-On or Safeway? <laughs> Save-On. Save-On, right. That's Save still on. Yeah, pretty good story. Finish your shift. Still one of the best stories ever. <laughs> well, I appreciate you having me on, Reed, and uh, as always, it's been a pleasure to talk to you. Right on. That is Nathan Dempsey checking in tonight, uh, campus director at Vimy Ridge and 260 games in the NHL. And he told the story as well, a uh, league champion in Germany, the NHL lockout season 0405 with the Berlin Polar Bears. Awesome to catch up with him. Nathan's a great guy. Oh, here's a guy you all love, right? Jespo coming up after the break. We've got Colette writing into the show who says she's an oil field wife for 39 years. She says, as far as players being away from their families, if forced to play in hub cities for years, our family did it as an oil field family in the boom years, 90 to 120 days, military families, usually six months. It's their job. They do what they need to do to do the job. That is Colette texting 780-496-0063. I am pleased to announce making his triumphant return to the inside sports time slot as a guest, it's the guy who hosts the show on this very station from 9 to noon every day, the appropriately named Ryan Jesperson Show. 
It's my buddy Jespo. Hey, how's it going, man? Uh, Reed, uh, a question out of the gates. Doing well. Thank you for asking. Uh, is tomfoolery one word or two? I'm pretty sure it's one word. Now, why do you ask? Okay. Okay. Well, because I'm about to hit send on a tweet that says, can you believe Reed Wilkins is allowing me to join his radio show guest list this evening? Tune in right now at 630 Chad for Edmonton's best horseplay and tomfoolery. Okay. Well, I've, I'm going with, I'm going with one word, Reed, one word. I, I'm pretty sure tomfoolery is, uh, is, is one word. I'm going to Google it right now. I'm sitting at, I'm sitting right, in buddy. my computer in I my mean, luxurious well, office. Not- it sounds like oh, don't get me started on luxurious workspaces, Reed. But it, but I spell check. Your immediate knee jerk gut instinct was was congruous with my spell check. So oh, that's great. So I'm gonna give. Yeah, were you like were you ever like a spelling bee kid or anything like that? Did you do anything like that? I, I never did a spelling bee. I just generally enjoy good spelling and grammar. Yes, yes. Do you judge people with poor spelling and grammar? Uh, to some extent, quite honestly, I do. Especially if they're yes. if they think they're being funny or aggressive, but they really yeah. just can't can't spell. It's kind of like you're you're defeating the purpose of your attack or your yes. sarcasm. But yeah, maybe, a, a good, maybe that's just me. I'm a bit of a snob. Well, it might be. And a good friend of mine, and I won't name him because he doesn't deserve the public shaming because he, he really is a, uh, a sharp knife in, the, in our drawer. He's a, sharp, he's a smart cookie. Uh, but he corrected me the other day. I, I, I had tweeted, it wasn't me, but I'm a team player. So someone associated with our bigger team had tweeted something out that had a spelling mistake. And he wanted to grind my gears about it. But in his direct and private message to me, he said, what's going on over there at 6.30 Chef? And I said, oh, I said, oh, at, six, at 6.30 Chef, huh? Is there, a, is there a spelling breakdown at 6.30 Chef? So, yeah. See, anyway. we should open another station that is just a cooking channel, and it would be 6.30 oh, Chef. It would be like our shadow station. Chef. Yeah. Oh yeah, we could just t- we could talk about what we're what we're grilling. Read. Oh, we'd have a great time, man. It's it's it wasn't yesterday was uh, bananas. Hey, well, it felt like I mean I know they were saying it was 16 degrees. It felt like about 22 and just beautiful. Okay, so tell me. I'm sorry, I didn't, I didn't give you a lot of time because as you know, I, I I'm temporarily down to an hour here. So we'll we'll get you in studio for an hour when when I'm back to my normal time. Give people the Coles yeah, notes we'll, of we'll what it's it, like we'll to golf. We'll see if I'll give you an hour in studio. I don't know about yeah. that. Uh, I'll, I'll, give, I'll give you that. Uh, this, what's, this what, was, what's it like to was, golf? <laughs> no, I'll tell you. How much time do I have? One minute? One you minute? Two and a half. Two and a half. Two and a half minutes. Uh, so went out to the ranch yesterday. It was our it was our first round of the season. Um, I, w- I was going with a couple of guys. Um, one of them a, a frontline worker, and and both of them I would I would uh, describe as pretty in tune with the regulations and requests, like pretty proactive, pretty aware of things. So so they had their own kind of hesitations about the whole thing as well. So it wasn't like I was going in with uh, bulls in a china shop. But but it was it was interesting. We decided to go golf with a trio as opposed to four. We thought that'd be good, but you know what? They put everyone in their own carts anyway. But you check in, you know, at the beginning, they have a table set up. It kind of felt like a tournament check-in because you don't go into the pro shop. They're down to kind of a limited. They do have takeout food and beverage, but but uh, other than that, um, what, what else was it? You know, don't touch the flag. They have little uh, styrofoam things in the cups so your ball's easier to pick up. Um 
You, you know what? But you know what I noticed, Reed? I was looking across the fairways, and I was, you know, obviously, you know, uh, just kind of monitoring, getting a sense of where people were at. And I was totally impressed with, I mean, I mean obviously the marshals and the staff were doing a really good job of communicating and everything else. Um, I should mention there were some uh, implications around, you know, picking up your carts as well. They're not renting clubs, but he might had to figure that out. But but that's mm-hmm. no big deal. People can, people can work around that. But but I was really impressed with our fellow golfers. Like, just keep even looking on tee boxes and greens where you think most people would would congregate and, and be a little bit more close and uh based on what it's anecdotal obviously but based on what we saw i was i i felt kind of reassured and i know we don't have time to get into it but i just noticed tonight the 124th grand market is open again the farmer's market tonight oh, sweet. equal and but it's which is awesome um but also i kind of went to do a little i just wanted to see not as a snitch but i just wanted to see how people were doing there and they have it uh it, it is a well-oiled machine they have it kind of pretty tightly locked down and but here's the thing reed it's it's members of society everyday people buying in it's not the people that are you know making the policy and enforcing it it's it's members of society there are a lot of people wearing masks tonight everybody keeping the two meter distance um I, I'm cautiously optimistic that as we reopen things, I hope we're not too early, but I'm optimistic that we can get some cash in people's pockets again. Jespo, Sarah writes in, she goes, I judge people with bad grammar. You're not the only one. I also judge bad syntax. I am a grammar dork. Sarah, you're not a dork. You're a good human being. Jespo, you're a good man. Thanks for checking in. Thanks, buddy. Jeremy from Glendon says, I made the Northern Alberta spelling bee in grade eight. I was 17 people away from nationals in Ottawa. But Jeremy, I don't know if there were like 1,700 people in the competition or just 18 and you were 17 away. (laughs) I'm sure you did great training in the pierogi in Glendon. Hey, thanks for listening tonight. I really do appreciate it. We're back tomorrow. We'll have some Friday fun on Inside Sports. Dave Campbell's the producer of the show. Your studio producer is Kellen Kennedy. My name is Reed Wilkins. Take care. Six thirty, Chad. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins, weekdays at six on Six Thirty, Chad.